0: My name is Trevor Strong, PiggleBot on Twitter. And I have with me uh, a, former literary, a former Twitter luminary, excuse me, uh, now, now a Facebook luminary, uh, Mr. David Eisenberg, AKA the Beer Nerd. Um, David, welcome to the podcast. We're really happy to have you.
1: Hey, everybody. Uh, it's St. Patrick's Day as we uh, record this, and I am celebrating by cooking and uh, simmering a Bolognese sauce. So, very much within the spirit of the season. It's very much within the spirit of the season. So uh, great to be on, and great to talk to you.
0: Always happy. Um, I've, you know, I've been on a couple of your podcasts at this point, and uh, they're, they're always a pleasure. So yeah. you know, absolutely my pleasure to have you on. Um, did you have any? Did you? Did you have any beer today? Did that? Did that I had up? a Guinness at the okay. uh, local uh, at the
1: at the pub near the uh, subway stop. They uh, had some corned beef. It was eh, kind of okay, but okay. basically in New York City. Uh, it's best to stay indoors or not or if you or if you go out, don't stay out too long, especially not in Manhattan. <laughs> Luckily I'm pretty far from Manhattan, so
0: Yeah. Now, I remember when I was in Chicago and we we were up in Lakeview and um right around uh, right around Wrigley Field and every Saint Patrick's Day, uh right around the Christmas holiday, there were all sorts of these like bar crawls that were just nightmares. it's yeah. um, like no one would want to be caught dead in them.
1: Yeah, no, uh, definitely not me. I mean, the my days of doing that are over, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Uh, they never started for me, and I'm 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 more than happy for it. I like drinking, yeah. but I, I don't like drinking like that. Yeah, same. Um, so cool, man. That's great. Uh, it, even though the Guinness wasn't close to Ireland, which I always feel uh increases the quality. Um, although people it's disagree to with be that,
1: much better, so I've heard.
0: I I think so, but others uh, who have been to Ireland as well will disagree with me. So who knows? All right. hmm. Um. But uh, we're not here to talk about beer. Strangely enough, um, that's on the no six pack cartridge, um, uh, the, the the no uh, what the no uh, the carbon dioxide cartridge. If we're talking about uh, Guinness, um, we're here to talk about uh, video games, specifically, uh, well, specifically a game, a little game called Off that you had me play, which we'll talk about. But you wanted to talk about this in terms of Earthbound likes and things that yeah, sort of Earthbound. stemmed from this RPG, Earthbound.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd like to talk like a bit at length about Earthbound because it's kind of a very, fa- it's a very fascinating uh, game, and certainly in terms of how it was made. And like, uh-huh. I guess we could, st- I guess, uh, like as a starting point, it's like with people constantly uh, outside people certainly who are outside of of out of of the like video game media and all that. They ask, you know, when is video gaming going to happen? You know, it's Citizen Kane, the the video game that will you know that's just something that really changes the medium forever and i don't think we've had that but i think a more appropriate comparison for earth is it's more like the rocky horror picture show of gaming <laughs> because like it, it because it's very it, it started off it didn't really make much of an impact when it was released but like it had a small hardcore following and it's really, and now it's and its fandom has made has made it to the point where it's much more culturally recognized now. And certainly, you know, and the consciousness of the game has really helped because of Super Smash Brothers. Since sure. Ness was in the very first Super Smash Brothers, but like, but I the fandom has been around almost for like two decades because like it started with the uh, website called Starmen.net, dot net, which I was never a part of kind of would have loved to have been a part of it in its early days but like that's sort of where like other earthbound fans online got to really talk to each other and uh, it kept the kept the memory alive so and they did a lot of letter writing campaigns to like have an official re-release of earthbound which took 18 years because we can get to <laughs> the, we can get to why that was but like there's also letter writing campaigns to translate mother three an an official translation of mother which there are a few reasons why that that's going to be a bit of a harder sell
0: i mean there are all sorts of unofficial translations of mother three there's Um, one in
1: particular that's top notch i think the guy to the guy whose alias is tomato i think he's actually a professional japanese translator and he did a very good job of it
0: well, I feel like translations are one of the things that uh, has been so successful about or, or, or so like um, not successful, but so uh, recognizable about the Earthbound fan base. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you think about like, I mean, the most famous one, I think, would be um, uh, the I forget his name all of a sudden, but the guy who made a. Um, uh, uh, um, now I'm forgetting the name of the game. I love the game. Uh, it's it's an Earthbound like. It's uh, it's very popular. You're
1: talking about Undertale.
0: I am talking about Undertale. Yes. Yeah, Thank I you. have
1: not played that, and Toby Fo- and I know Toby nothing Fox. about yep. that. No, nothing about that game. Well, I mean, I know of it, but like all I know about it is like the saw so- the the kind of the, the big track off of it, Megalovania, was mm-hmm. at first like it was first used in a Earthbound ROM hack he made. It was just like a Halloween yeah. trick or treating. Um, game it was i'd never played that either but yeah no he's uh and i i don't i think he used there's at least one person who contributed person from uh the starmen.net forums who contributed a boss battle i think he created the uh he had a lot of the ideas for the flowy the flower oh, okay boss fight. yeah
0: yeah i mean like I, undertale is definitely a love story to to earthbound in any number of ways but i think yeah. you know the the fox's translation absolutely i i don't think that you can have earthbound if he didn't make that rom hack beforehand and so like nah. these rom hacks these unofficial translations i mean they inspire uh, a fandom but they also clearly inspire like standalone games and and games that are you know not quite loving tributes but almost like um uh, variations on a theme, or mm-hmm. if you're you're into jazz, like improvisations in the same key, stuff like that.
1: Right. Yeah. No. And actually, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw that video I sent to you before. That uh video that was kind of like an introduction to Earthbound. Likes. Did you watch mm-hmm. that? I didn't get a chance to watch it. I'm sorry. Uh, that's that's uh, that's all good, but because like it's, I don't know if maybe you can post it somewhere. But like,
0: yeah, I'll post it the, in the show notes.
1: Yeah, but um, on the uh, there's somebody uh, I guess he's uh, on Twitch but like he made a let's play he also made like a let's play of Lisa the painful RPG and it's sequel uh, Lisa the joyful and like it's a very good it's a very good let's play he's very he's very good at like giving his own narrative style to it but like the the introduction to it was about uh, how all these indie games like Undertale and uh, off and uh, Lisa were had, had earthbound kind of as like Varying degrees of inspiration, and uh, Austin Jorgensen, who made Lisa, said, "You know, this is one of his favorite games of all time." And actually, even when I think there was like a uh, a tour for uh, like a tour for um, the South Park Stick of Truth RPG, like one of either Trey or Matt or both said they were big fans of Earthbound, and that was kind of a, that was kind of an inspiration to make this.
0: Yeah, Earthbound's like one of those like the the classic. Um the classic bit that everyone has where they say like where a celebrity dies and they say it taught me it was okay to be weird. Yeah. Um, so earthbound is that right. But earthbound is actually that right. Like it's, it's the game that kind of, you know, there are a lot of weird games. You can go even back to the sort of the Doki Doki panic. Right. Um Into Mario two. You can go further back than that. I mean, games were always kind of goofy, uh, especially in the early days, but earthbound like earthbound might be the first game that's melancholy and goofy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it intends to do that?
1: Yeah, it kind of helps that... It, uh, I think, well, the guy who created the Mother series, uh, Shigasato Itoi, I, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. He's not even a, a video game creator by trade. He was... A, he, was an ad, he worked in advertising before this huh. and uh, they, one of my friends shared this, like, I guess this comic where it kind of like... I don't know who they were interviewing. I think they might have interviewed Itoy or somebody, but like... He, basically he the first earth the first mother was kind of like an in, inspired by this m- japanese movie where uh the audience was encouraged to like cheer and give support to drive off this ufo invader <laughs> so it, it, it's he's really not coming from a video game but he's coming from like Whatever is like, he is, he's a very in, interesting creative mind, certainly not a traditional video game mind in any case. But, um, so really, it's, uh, I think that uh, certainly when you get to the uniqueness of Earthbound, it really starts with the creator.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it, not to, not to valorize advertisers too much, but no. like, <laughs> there's a, but no, I mean, but like, you know, we've all seen Mad Men, the, the, the basic truth, and I, I think Mad Men gets this right. Um, doesn't get everything right, but I think it gets this right, that, like, the the essential gimmick of advertising is understanding the hook and then building everything out from that, um, mm-hmm. like, understanding a, a central appeal. And I feel like video games before EarthBound, and particularly RPGs before EarthBound, yeah. um, had the story first and then build the appeal out from there, particularly in terms of game mechanics, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, EarthBound, and we can get to EarthBound's, like, game mechanics. It's simple, yeah. but, like... It,
1: Kind of intentionally simple, in a sense.
0: And very different. I mean, like, the, the boss battles, the ways in which those actually work, the ways in which, like, the it, it's similar to RPGs, but just slightly off. And that slightly off element, I feel like, is what draws people in. Like, it, it seems like Earthbound understands what its appeal is and then builds its uh, sense of self around that.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, and kind of, like, I, I think it's a shame because, like, the, uh, the original, I guess let's call it the original mainstream advertising campaign for Earth. that was kind of like it was kind of like capitalizing on you know like the 90s for kids in general is like advertising like the gross the disgusting kind of like oh yeah. Stimpy was a big uh a big a big uh proponent of that certainly but like the, this game stinks advertising did not go well, but that's not how I really got into it. It's my first exposure to it was in, uh, it was in this volume 70 of Nintendo Power. And it was, um, th- it was like a six page preview. It would, it, it would not come out yet, but it was like a six page preview, sort of like a faux National Enquirer Weekly World News um framing of the game it's kind of like it, it, it hmm. and, and i i took i scanned pictures of it somewhere i can i can like show you that but like yeah, i used it, to have
0: every issue of nintendo power i, I don't anymore but uh, yeah
1: no i i threw out a lot of them maybe i shouldn't but i still have ones that uh have some sort of value to me like one of my pokemon teams from silvers in one of the issues oh no it's nice. like there's like old earthbound 64 previews that um, <clears throat> later became Mother 3, of course. But, like, it was interesting seeing the um, the connection between that and the actual Mother 3. But, like, it, it was just very interesting. And it also, I wasn't really much of a fan of RPGs up to that point. And even after Earth that, I wasn't much of a fan of RPGs in general. I kind of didn't really – I mean, I played Pokemon. I don't know if that – I guess it's like sort of RPG, more like sort strategy of. rpg but, like, really, I didn't really get into uh, the, other, the other games of the era, like Chrono Trigger or Super Mario RPG, until, like,
0: much later. I mean, and that's interesting, too, because, of course, like, Chrono Trigger and Super Mario RPG are sort of on opposing sides of the, the spectrum in terms of the genre, too. Because, like, right. Chrono Trigger is much more traditional, not quite as traditional as, say, like, a, a Final Fantasy Toriyama's art and also the kind of weird time travel element of it uh, make it a little less kind of cut and dry than Mm -hmm. a, than like say a final fantasy two or something like that. But, um, certainly closer to that than super Mario RPG, which I would say like takes a lot of cues from earthbound itself. Like it's weird. It's it's
1: very, it's very quirky, very funny. Has a good sense of
0: humor. And and
1: like, I never, I didn't really play it. I, when did I, I got it when it first came out on the word, I first played it when it came out in the Wii virtual console. Okay. So that was that was also very so, and it, I think like even the Earthbound battle systems simpler than Mario RPGs. But even the, Mario RPGs uh, battle systems pretty simple in and of itself. But I think both of them are kind of like, and it, 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 I feel like it, certainly in Earthbound, I think to a lesser extent in Super Mario RPG, like the battle, the battle system, the battles are just like window dressing. It's like. The the real meat of it of the game is like the atmosphere, the universe it creates it creates like the NPC dialogue. They're both very similar.
0: Yeah. And I mean there's a way in which and we can even like use this as a jumping-off point to offer or not, but uh there's a way in which like both those games and games that are inspired by them, like Undertale, um, the difficulty isn't so much in the boss battles. I mean, Undertale has yeah. its own sort of sense of difficulty. There's some there's some you know some of it's very quite quite difficult but um nothing like it's not dark souls right like it's not it's not meant to be hard um it's not meant to be ultra challenging uh it's meant to sort of like be emotionally challenging or emotionally rigorous oh, yeah. on some level uh as opposed to sort of like game difficult
1: yeah no certainly i think like earth a little has little aspects like that like mother 3 in particular is just uh, i it's a, it's a lot of emotional gut punches of course like you can just get the tra- you can get the raw play the translation and see what i mean from there but it's it's like real uh, but like earthbound in general earthbound is i guess there's like moments of emotional uh, of emotional downturns but it's kind of carefree carefree throughout it's like you're playing as like four teenagers you know that save the world but like it really it's it has that sense I guess like carefree kind of like care the carefree ofness of that that's even a word of like childhood sure. early adolescence <laughs> you know and it really captures that well and also I uh, I you talked about like unofficial translations of these games it's like the uh, story about Earthbounds translations like 90% of it was made by a guy by I believe his name is Marcus Lindblom he was like I think like Danosson who was like a major translator for Nintendo at the time he did some little flourishes like the photographer who says fuzzy pickles but like mm-hmm. he really got and Nintendo of Japan gave him like real free range to do what to a lot of freedom so there's like a lot of cultural references apparently there's a reference to like spinal tap. And like, <laughs> of course there's like Beatles, the Beatles references galore, like the yellow submarine. And like, even the, um, the, the, the short time when you're w- traveling with uh dungeon man, is like kind of like a remix of the beginning of the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, uh, redux. Okay. So, but like, there's a lot of the, I, so a lot of the funny quirky dialogue from earth is really his, it really his his doing. And like, in, at one point in Magicant, like after you find all the sanctuary spots, there's like a little girl who says, "You know, my name's Nico. Let's let's sing and play and dance." Like, and that daughter, that girl, Nico, was actually his daughter that his wife that his wife and he had during oh. well, in his translation. So that, oh, that's so you know, sweet. Had, yeah, had a little nice little personal touches as well.
0: Yeah, well, and then, like, what's what's so I don't know. What's cool about that to me is that like it. So I was on a, I was on a podcast called Spall Talk, um, which everyone should listen to. It's it's really fun um, with uh, with uh, uh, Neil and Eric Jacoby, and um, it was we, we basically it's a podcast where um, they cover the films of Timothy Spall. But we watched this um, this movie called Upside Down, which was awful. Yeah. Uh, but either I, I think it was Neil who said, you know, we they'd covered a bunch of movies that were like hot topic movies that Timothy. Uh, spall had been in um but this was our first zoomies movie um and i think you know there's something there's something there between the the dark angst of of adolescence and the sort of like you know i want to be an individual but i don't quite get what social norms are of like being a preteen like yeah it's embarrassing and glitzy and like earnest and over the top but earthbound kind of captures that right where it's like yeah it's not quite to the point where you're just like, oh, I'm a I'm a like it's not Final Fantasy Seven. It's not, you know, Cloud no, Sephiroth. It's not, Cloud rooting, versus it's Sephiroth. not dark. Yeah. It's not like kind of nihilistic. It's just it,
1: – it's its own thing. It's like for all of its emotional downturns, it's still a very uh,
0: upbeat game in the end. Right, exactly. And like the – I think it's within that world um, of like – I don't know, maybe being like 11 or 12, 13, when you sort of like recognize that bad things can happen, but you still have a lot of optimism, Mm -hmm. that melancholy is really tangible. And melancholy is such a powerful, I mean, to me anyway, it's such a powerful way of describing these games. Like it's not depression, it's not sadness, it's not cynicism necessarily. It's just, it's melancholic. Yeah, and certainly I think Mother 3 is like, really goes into a lot more...
1: Cynicism and a lot more sa- just outright sadness, and it, it's a kind of like a, a an allegory for overconsumption. It's I mean, like I the, I like Earthbound more than Mother Three for several reasons, but really a big one is just the tone shift. It's mm-hmm. like it's very it, I mean, I, it's still a great game. It's much shorter, unfortunately, and it's not and it's not really a big world traveling game for. Plot reasons that I won't get into, but it really does just take place. on And it's really a different game, and it does sort of tie in Earthbound. It, no, it really does tie in Earthbound, but that's really... I can't really talk too much about that without getting into spoilers. So just really <laughs> just... And that also sort of added, like, a, a battle uh, system aspect with time hits, which are kind of impossible to get, or uh, sure. very, very hard to time correctly on an emulator. But... I when I played it, I just put it on like a, a GBA flash card and played it on my regular DS. So oh, I didn't nice. really have that. Yeah, no, it's like that's like the best bit of like technology hacking I've ever done. I'll probably never come close to it again because maybe <laughs> I'm not interested in doing it. I don't know.
0: No, you you have the skills, man. You could you could make it happen. I could,
1: yeah. But I I guess like for me, it was like where there's a will, there's a way. So. I just looked. Up, I just bought this card. I figured out how to put a Game Boy game on there, and there you go.
0: So, I mean, speaking of technological uh, quirks, I was I was saying to to Virgil Texas, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned it, I said um, the game I'm playing uh, for my podcast with the beer nerd is has taken me seven hours to actually get to run.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea, but. Well, you know, yeah, I had no idea it would be that weird because like I got that like, and it, it's not it where I got it. You said it was off like a, a Dropbox file, but like I I did a search for it. It was like off of uh, Starman dot net, which is probably not coincidental because I guess the guy uh, Mortis Ghost, the, the guy from France who created a figured there's like a lot of there's like very much up the up their alley.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, what's what's so interesting about that and like what really. I don't know. There's there's a there's a realm of I get not a realm. There's a there's a spectrum of uh, I don't know, like a spectrum of difficulty that, especially with emulator games, but also I guess with RPG Maker games. So the trick is, if anyone's playing off right now and they are playing on a Windows 10 computer, like I am um it runs off of RPG Maker t- 2003 which has a hard time dealing with mp3s.
1: Oh, cuz I played mine on Windows. I played mine on played that on my own w- old Windows 7 computer that, yeah, that explains right. why I didn't have much mm-hmm. issue.
0: So all you need to do to actually make the game run is change every mp3 into a wave file. Oh boy. Yeah, it's a- annoying, but if you have VLC it's not so bad.
1: Yeah, um, what I did like I I didn't maybe because it was made much later uh I Lisa's also Lisa the Painful is also an RPG maker game. Doesn't really. I mean, I would imagine there's something to it and play testing and
0: all that. But yeah, th- so, those are sort of more official releases too. Lisa right, something yes. you can get on Steam.
1: Yes, it's like a, it's like fifteen dollars altogether.
0: Yeah, but like uh, so off. Uh, there's something about off. I don't know, like if you've ever done the thing where you mount uh, translations or like put them into different you know, uh, folders on your drive so that they'll work with certain emulators and stuff. It's fun. Like there's something really enjoyable about that difficulty to me. And then something also that feels very childlike or, or like teenage like to wow. me where it's like, it was so, so much harder to play video games back in the day. Cause you had to find them and you had to track them down and you had to figure them out yourself and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that that's like good or bad. Um, but it is nostalgic and like actually having to make off work was a very good introduction to off the game.
1: Yeah. And I guess like, before we get into like really before we get into discussing it, like I was going to talk about like the, uh, the stuff that makes like an earthbound, like so we can kind of yeah, check please. off the bo- but like Lay it out your there. average earthbound like has 2d pixel art. Uh, kind of a simple turn-based combat, sometimes with like an additional aspect to it. Like in Lisa, it has like time. It, or, well, no, it has like combos, uh, keyboard combos, and all that. There's like a cute, cutesy art style and uh, catchy music that sometimes uses sampling of other music, which we can definitely get to in the off. Uh, kind of like a weird sense of humor, and also, last but not least, like this kind of lurking darkness in the plot that like yeah reveals itself every so often and like in earthbound there's like you know there's the earth there's a lot of that in like moonside uh, who's training kind of like the guy get the guy gets fight just like the manny manny statue it, it's it's really kind of it's always there but it's kind of it's more it's more out there at other
0: at sometimes than others mm-hmm yeah. And I think like, you know, they definitely um, they definitely make it clear from the outset that something is weird in or something is a little off in off. Right. Like um, the the quality of your protagonist, the batter. Right. Um, is is just like it's extremely violent. Um but it's very much like set up as a as like a an Avenger sort of figure, right?
1: Yeah, no. He's, um,
0: he's pure. His goal is to purify the world. Yeah, and the judge who is this cat yeah. uh, who you run a, into at the beginning—a weird,
1: ugly-looking cat with like weird teeth.
0: Yeah, almost it, like, like the, art style of this,
1: the art style of this game is like it's all in pencil drawings.
0: It's yeah, it's really even the enemies are in pencil drawings, pen and ink drawings. It's very it's very weird. Um, but like the the this cat, the judge says, like, well, I, you know, that's that's really good. I'll teach you how to fight and like, you know, help you to do this. And even from the start, like the, the judge says something like, "Now, don't set it to auto, because if you do, you could kill me and all my secrets will go with me to the grave. Yeah. And it's like and you can actually do that. And if you do, you get game over hmm. Yeah, I didn't actually go through with all the way to killing him. I did set it to auto and he's like, hey, cut it out. Yeah. But it's not. But like, it is it is true that like, even from the outset, you get this idea that like, hey, maybe it's not like maybe I'm not doing a good thing by killing everyone.
1: Yeah, it's a, and then like, the, yeah, no, and it really, really gets to that much later in the game. Like, mm-hmm. it really dawns on you. But it like is. It's kind of like you're piecing together, uh, piecing together a puzzle, and then like at the very end of the game, you get the whole story. Although that might be debatable because of the specifics. Yeah. Uh, like, so
0: I was going to ask you that that like so off off kind of runs. So if you're worried about spoilers for off, um, you could pause the podcast to yeah, go play it. It's yeah, about five five hours. But like long. I think I think it's um, something
1: that if you it, it's something that I think needs to be talked about because it's kind of a bizarre ending.
0: Yeah, it is. And so, like, the, the whole premise of Off is you're going through these zones basically purifying phantoms. And so most of your enemies are ghosts. Um, you pick up party members, but they're just these circles called add-ons. Um, they don't have any personalities or anything. So really the main personalities in the game are the boss, boss bosses in the area, the first being this uh, sort of, like, ghoul uh, who's a, a fun- functionary of the queen. Um the second being this cat who is the judge's brother uh, but who is actually like this giant bird uh, living Possessed by him. a
1: bird. I think he was – it was like – I think like the – if you read the stories, it's like this cat basically choked – tried to eat the bird and choked yeah. on it
0: and was – since then has been taken over. Right. Exactly. And the the final one is this uh, the sort of like corporate CEO, middle manager sort of guy who's enormous. Um, and also, and also like each of these areas,
1: like there's like three areas and all three of these people run their different areas. But like the first area is kind of like a mineral production facility or something like that. Yeah. And like the second one is kind of like. It's something for like the Elis- El- Elsons, I think the the NPCs with the uh, the the ones that you yeah, talk El-Sins, to yeah. become corrupted are called Elsons. Like the, they have like a library, they have a fair. It's sort of like a leisure area. The third one is like a factory where they create the magical, the mysterious fifth element, which is just created from like the bodies of dead Elsons and stuff like that, and kind of makes them rowdy and more prone to being scared it's that that's kind of that's kind of the big one where it's like this is kind of wrong at that point in the game
0: and it's funny because you can look if you have to change the the wave uh, the mp3s to waves and actually i lied don't use uh, a vlc use audacity for that but um if you have to do that um (laughs) you get to see the titles of the things and one is burned bodies yes it's like this is going to be dark um but it's 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 funny to me because as you say, like the ending's a surprise, and it's not as if like so like the the tendency of the game, right? Like they they keep introducing these weird uh, elements to you, and one's plastic, one's smoke, one is meat, uh, and the other one meat, is yeah.
1: uh, what's the, the water? No, water is plastic, smoke yeah. is air, meat is fire, and uh, what's the, oh, metal is uh, the equivalent of earth.
0: Right. And so like metal is found actually in cows, which is, you know, a weird sort of thing. But all of these things are disturbingly refined effectively. Um, And it's all a little off and all a little weird. And once you reveal sugar, it's like, oh, I get where this game is going. It's like this whole ecosystem is wrong and this is the core of its wrongness. And now I have to go purify it. But that's not where the game goes in its last level. Yeah. It's kind, of, and even then, it's sort of. I guess even now, is
1: sort of the ending is up to de- up for debate because, like, I guess in like the early days of Tumblr, there was like a big fan community there was like it, like, it kind of what Undertale became, like when it was released. So was so was off when it was first released in, in the site's early days, yeah. but it's like, yeah, once you get to the three after you clear the three areas, and then you can go back to these areas. And then you can see, like, what happens when you purify them. It's, like, n- everything's gone. Like, all, like, the f- in Area 2, like, the fair is, like, all the Elsons are gone except for one in Area 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, all the distinguishing characteristics are gone. It's all white. And, like, all of these areas before were, like, in one color. But, like, here it's, like, all white. And you see, like the, the like, the only enemies you'll find are, like things called secretaries, which I have a theory about them, but we can get to oh, that okay. a little later. But like, it, it's like when you see this, you feel like why exactly was I purifying things in the first place?
0: Yeah. What, what, what have I done here? What have I done of value here? Yeah. And I think like that question, right? Like it's not a question that you really ask until you get to that last level, um, unless you're going back and looking at the old levels, but like in the third level, there's this guy who you have to kill in order to um, keep your train moving. He's blocking the tracks. And he just keeps saying, like, please help me. He shouts help. It's kind of yeah, it's help. Techni- right. in
1: like game mechanics. It's a debuff, but he doesn't do anything else.
0: Yeah. And like, it just feels like you're killing an innocent. And at that point, it's like, oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> at the fourth level or the I guess it would be. It's the fourth called level, the room, which is... yeah, effectively zone five or zone four, zone four. Um, is a weird uh turn on that. Um, can you describe it for us? I'll try. um, like <laughs> it, it's
1: kind of like you're I don't I, I'm not entirely sure, but like basically, it feels like you're not really controlling the batter, you're controlling this 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 kid. It's like they, he's talking about like, you know, Daddy, Papa gave me a comic book. It was boring. It's like I want to go outside and like meet with mom. and like, and then it, it, And it all takes all this takes place in this in this one room. But like as you progress through it, it like kind of fleshes out a little more.
0: The game starts glitching. Like you, you sort of get sent to a right. false Right. You get that. You go back to the screen. title screen. But like, yeah.
1: But like, at one point, it's like you, you. I guess you're it, the game is actually you're 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 still the batter, but it's kind of like retelling the tale from like this this boy. He like he meets the guardian of area one, like he's called the tall Mister, and then like he and meets the guardian of area two, the bird, and then the the large Mister, and like he helps them all out, and then he promises you like. The, the, the guy in area three says, you know, what, man, let, let, we'll go and have cakes, you know, and and uh, the area two says, you know, the, you know, my area, nobody will have to worry about anything. So, like, there's there's this, this soft side of all of these area guardians that you don't see as the batter.
0: Right. And then eventually you make you make it to the queen uh, that you've been hearing about the whole game, and it turns out it's a, it's a mother figure for this sick boy right. who's been who's been the focus of the room. And you and you see this sick boy, like after you've cleared area
1: one and area two, he's kind of like mm-hmm. frets. But we don't mm-hmm. know. Then like it, the game's sort of like at that point, it's like this is like the kid controlling it. But you can go on. No, it's like yes, like the queen is sort of like this mother figure, and it's kind of like the batter is the father
0: figure. Even to the point where the batter says something like, where um, she says something like, you've ruined everything. Like, And he said, no, you, you forgot about the birthday party, who it was for. Um, and after you beat the queen, she says, well, darling, do you want some coffee? And then dies. Yeah. It gets very domestic. It's very strange. And then there's a final you know, battle, which is, this kind of thing has become very common, I think. But uh, at the time, I'm sure it was shocking, uh, where you have to like basically kill the defenseless boy.
1: Yes, Hugo. And mm-hmm. right. And then like, and, and like he does, he really is defenseless. He doesn't do anything. You just you just kill you kill pretty much your own son in in cold blood and then like and then at the very end you, you it's kind of like it's kind of like a reverse of Earthbound. It's like at the end of Earthbound, like you the the, the party member the party reaches out to you to kill Gygas once and for all. So like you save the day, but in off like you're gi- the you are y- you give the name of the player at the very beginning of the game, and like so at the end of off it turns out like you're not the one saving the world like in Earthbound, you're the one destroying the world, which is like which really stuck with me for like a couple months after it after I finished yeah. it.
0: Yeah, it's strange, and you get to you just get to pick. Like you basically get to say, like, "Hey, I will either join the judge and stop the batter, or you know, follow through with the batter and kill the judge." And the end of the game, like, if you turn everything off, hence, it, the hence, world ends.
1: Yes, hence why yeah. it's called off. Like, the, yeah, and, the, the, your object is to turn the switch off. Now, I was watching somebody else play through it, and that same guy, uh, voice of dog, was sort of like guiding him through it. There's, like, an interesting Mm -hmm. little theory about the, um, about that. It's, like, it's kind of, like, a real life, it's kind of, like, an allegory for, like, pulling the plug on your own, on your own child. And that's, like, that Mm. switch is, like, a life support. And also, like, after you, after you kill Hugo, like, you go up into this, like, something that looks like a spinal column and, like, and the hallway looks like a spinal column and like the end is kinda of like his his brain, brain his head. it's very yeah. weird and like I never thought of it like that and then really stuck with me again. And my feel my feeling about how you I guess how you purify all the zones is like when you go back to them, like the sec the, the enemies called secretaries are like they look like babies. I try and I kind of feel like those are sort of like the spirit of Hugo's vengeance of like do you destroying part of his world.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 there's so many ways to understand the ending. It's really, it's dark. I mean, the ending is super dark, no matter what you do. If you, if you side with the judge and kill the batter, the ending is just the judge wandering through these blank worlds. Like there's not, it's not a happy ending. It's just a, it's an ending. Yeah. Um, and like the, you know, when I was playing it, I was thinking, yeah, there's like, you can read this in a Freudian way, like where the, the batter is sort of a super ego, the hugo is is effectively like the id or like the you know the 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 thing that needs um and the queen or the judge is ego the judge might be drives the queen might be ego and there's all sorts of ways to understand it it's but intentionally like, vague and i feel like yes. no but
1: there's no there, i feel like the fact that mortis ghosts really has never said anything about it i think it's kind of intentional it's very open-ended it's very abstract
0: Yeah, it could be a, it could be, uh, you know, a father killing his entire family uh, and only told through the lens of a game. It could be turning off a switch on a sick child. It could be uh, purely metaphorical. It could be a way for the child to express his fear and boredom through like a fantasy world because he's cooped up in a hospital room. Like it's just not clear. Right. None of the game, like the game ends with just total ambiguity. Um, and it seems so important to me, like, and I, I think for you, too, that, like, it's not pinned down at all. No,
1: it's kind of like that, that little, that that vagueness, that absolute vagueness of this kind of, I think, definitely adds to the disturbingness of it, of it all. And, like, it's also, like, and this also has very much in common with Lisa. It's like, no matter what you do in the end, like, you're, st- you're still screwed because, like. The, like either either you side with the judge and he walk around and he walks around like a completely empty world, or you side with the batter and like the world ends. And it's like also in Lisa and both the both both parts of Lisa, it's like well, uh, first of all, in Lisa, like the game the bat the battle victory theme and the game over theme are the same. <laughs> so like it, clever and yeah, no, it's I guess that's also an intentional thing, but like. Also, it's also very much the the same in Lisa. It's like, I guess, I guess there's also now spoilers for Lisa. Like at the very end of the of the first of the painful, it's like you play as like Brad Armstrong, who's like in basically how I describe Lisa. It's kind of like Mad Max meets Children of Men, because like (laughs) at the beginning of the game, it's like you kind of play as like a don't really play as, like, a child child Brad, but, like, sort of see, kind of get a uh, look into his, like, awful home life. Like, his dad's a father's abusive. His sister's, like, an infant. And it's, like, and Brad gets beat up a lot, but, like, kind of, like, flashes forward to post the end of the world in a kind of... it's refer The end of the world event is referred to as the Flash. It's never really described definitively but like hmm. uh, but like you kind of he discovers a baby girl and also in the end of the world there are no women so like this baby girl is kind of like viewed as like the savior of the world it's like but basically after she gets kidnapped you kind of have to go after her or rescue her but also in, it's also very much like off in that you're not it Brad thinks he's saving uh or he calls her buddy, Lisa's like the name of his sister uh but he's try he thinks he's saving buddy, but like it, it, in the end it's just she wants to be left alone. she wants to control her own destiny and there's this mm. drug that Brad takes and some other people take called joy. It's like it, as you find out it like corrupts your mind it makes it, it really like lets your desire take over makes you violent and like at the very end of the game it's like this the joy is taken over brad and he becomes a mutant and like the object of his his protection just like backs away and like hmm it's 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 also a very a very weird game it's also very very funny and has a lot of pro wrestling references like Some that I don't (laughs) even know. There's like, I maybe somebody who's big into wrestling would know this, but like, there's I don't remember the name of this guy, but there's like, I think when WWE debuted, uh, gave gave the grand debut of this wrestler, and then like his his first introduction was like him just like tripping and falling and stumbling over, and there's a and one of the party one of the many party members you can get in leases uh directly inspired by that guy, his attack is falling over onto an opponent.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean like one of the things that strikes me about all of these games and it goes back to what you were talking about in terms of like the the ways in which uh, earthbound likes operate like there's a there's a sense at which like the music counts, the story counts, the the ending counts, all this stuff counts that for a lot of games, and especially for a lot of RPGs, it ends up being window dressing, right? Like, right. It's it's really creating a world.
1: It's like the yeah. gameplay, as I, was, as I mentioned earlier with Earthbound, like the gameplay is, in a sense, secondary
0: to the world it's trying to make. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, gameplay is often, often feels secondary in an RPG, but I think, like, what we acknowledge as the reasons we play rpgs which is like level grinding uh, mastery uh, you know uh, storyline stuff like that uh, character development um, you know that that has to do with the game itself it's in a game like off it doesn't matter that the characters are flat, right? Like, it doesn't matter that the batter is just the batter until the very last minute. It doesn't really matter that, like, some of the music is disturbing and isn't explained. Oh. It doesn't really, like... And Yeah, also, know. like, the battle theme
1: for Off, I must say, is just, is great, because it's called... Yeah. It's a title, it's a, it's called Pepper Steak, and, like, I think it's it called that It sounds that because, like Pepper Steak. Because, like, well, the it's based off of an old song called Pepper Steak, but it's, like... It's very, it's very weird. It's like very jazzy, very, it's, it's, it's all over the place as the theme, but it fits very well. And it's also very catchy.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the, it's catchy. And then there are other themes that are just like static or like wind blowing or something. And it strikes me that like a game say, like, I'm trying to think of like the quintessential RPG and this is the one I come to, like Final Fantasy VII is sort of like the ultimate, this is an RPG, RPG. And you know the music is very memorable. Obviously, the fight theme people still know. Um, the ending is not memorable. No one really remembers it. It's stupid. Right. Um, the The conclusion of the of the main plot line is is obtuse and and you know doesn't make a lot of sense. But the whole thing leads up to you wanting to make sense out of it. So like it, it feels like okay, most RPGs don't really care about characterization that much. Don't care about the ending that much. Don't care about the window dressing that much. And it, it, you're right, like the Earthbound likes really flip that and say like, okay, we're not going to pay attention to the other stuff. We're just going to pay attention to telling a story and doing like the, the what's called what's usually considered window dressing and the rest of it can be quirky or fun or simple and it doesn't really matter.
1: Right. Yeah. No, it's like the, it's really like the universe it's creating and the tone it's creating. That's the that's the thing first and foremost of all of these games. Though I haven't played yeah. Undertale, I'm definitely going to have to. Buy it. It's as soon. Oh, as that's possible. a jam. Yep. Yeah, no. Undertale's
0: really fun. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a it, yeah. It's it's a trip. Um. Yeah. I guess like what I'd ask is, do you think that? Do you think that we give more slack to games like Earthbound in terms of its battle systems, and off in terms of its battle system because it's quirky, or do you think that the battle systems actually work?
1: I don't. I, I. really. It's. I just think like the battle system is as simple as possible by design, so that, it, it like it doesn't get in the way of the story and the universe and the tone it wants to. Uh, it wants to create. So I mean, yeah. It could be. Could be a more involved battle system, but that would just take away from all of that, from all those other more important
0: aspects. Hmm. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I mean, <clears throat> it's true that. You know, the melancholy in something like uh, Off and something like Dark Souls, really like Dark Souls is a is a mechanics based game in that, like the battle style. And I've made this argument many times, but the battle style is what is so like melancholy about it, like losing in battle, having this frustration is the melancholic element. Whereas in something like Off, I never died in Off. Like it's it's easy to not die in Off. Yeah. Uh, And like it's not about that it's not about the mechanics of the game it's about the things going on the puzzles aren't particularly like impossible or anything like that they're kind of difficult but yeah i mean it's just it's not about that and that's kind of interesting so like do you think games are making choices like like earthbound did like the the, earthbound is such an interesting game because it made that choice it said i'm not focusing on this i'm focusing on other stuff
1: it's really i mean like i'm not real i sir i guess like uh, I maybe, maybe I have I haven't admittedly been playing a lot of more recent contemporary games. It feels like there's a lot of like uh word from like the the people creating it. It's like play the game the way we want you to play it, and well, mm. uh, and like because like I the, the the Breaking Madden series I love, but like it was the, the like what I was reading, I one entry it was about like trying to make a team out of completely out of quarterbacks and it was like the all the stuff he had to do was ridiculous it's like because it is it's like a madden series at its hardest, like a sports simulator it's not like it's not right. like you know nba jam or nba hit or nhl hits where you can just like it's more where we, it's a lot more fun you can just be on fire and check people through the boards and dunk from half court it's like no you got like in certainly the madden maybe in it, it you have to really play by their rules. Certainly, and a lot of these, like, I guess PS3, Xbox One, or 360-era FPSs are sort of, like, a lot like that. There's not a lot of exploration, like it is in, like, a Doom or a Quake or something like that. It's very linear.
0: So Hmm. So you'd say, like, the the thing that distinguishes these games is not even necessarily something like, making a choice or, or or some sort of vision of of uh, aesthetics but like actually a, a sort of worldliness and almost in the uh, i I hesitate to say it but almost in the heideggerian sense where it's a matter of like you know making a world being at home and stuff
1: right way. yeah no i mean like you're pl- it, it, and but like it's also certainly an off lisa as well and like the battles the battles in lisa are also like i and, uh in lisa i'd say like the battles there are like some very hard fights in there and the you have very limited resources and that also adds to the to the of uh, the world it's like but like yeah no it's but like these games it's like you it kind of it's kind of nihilistic in a sense because like it gives you these choices but really in the end it doesn't matter all that much cuz like you, you're going in off like you're going to end the world and Lisa, you're going to die alone. <laughs> it's like, right. but like, and, but you don't have a choice. Right. And I guess in earth bend sort of like the same, it's much, much less bleak in earth bend but like at the end of earth bend like you just, you just killed the, this, uh, destroyer this would be destroyer of the universe, but you have to go back to being like a normal 13 year
0: old. Like
1: Paula says that it's like, you know, it's been fun, but like, I have to go
0: back to being a normal kid. So that, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like there's a, I think you're right. Like it's, the connection isn't necessarily about darkness, but it's about the, maybe it is, maybe the melancholy actually has to do with that, that sense of going back to a, I don't know, to something mundane, after something so sort of like seemingly epic or, or world shattering or bigger than life. Right. Like, and we all have that experience when we're kids, like you go back to your everyday life after you've even imagined something big and it's, it, it feels um, disappointing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's like, that's, that's that's something that, definitely speaks to the the 12 year old set and also like the 25 to 35 year old set yeah right?
1: no it's it's a it's life experience in general you know
0: yeah yeah that's interesting well, i love that um so what do you think we didn't say about uh, about earthbound likes about off about any of these games
1: I don't well. I mean, like, there's, I, there's just so much that's fascinating about Earthbound's backstory. It's like um, I know that I, I uh, was—I forgot his, uh I, Iwata. This was like kind of what is, endeared him, I guess, to Nintendo. Because like before, he was the CEO of Nintendo. He was the—he was a programmer, and his uh, Earthbound mm-hmm. was really just like a a great example of like how how, how great his programming skills were, like in and also you could see that in pokemon gold and silver where they put all of kanto into just the into like one part of the game but it's like certainly there's like less to do there but like he put basically an entire the uh an abridged version of the pokemon red and blue in that same game but in earthbound <laughs> right. he's sort of like there was like a there was a chance this wasn't going to be released. It was besieged with like technical difficulties and all that stuff. But like, what would have been like you know two years, two and a half years? What Iwata did was like reduce it to like a year. And there was I, um, I one thing he did I know was like make like all the statistics of party members and characters and enemies and all that stuff be, be like one bit. So like. If you could, you could use like wow. the rock candy. Yeah, no, it's like it really saves space. But like you could use like the rock candy glitch, which is like in battle, you could conceivably get your, uh you could conceivably get a stat uh, to go over two hundred fifty five, and then it'll roll back to being like one. <laughs> so it's very weird. To, yeah, no, it, yeah, no, it's but like that's very much a, a that's one of the things he did as a programmer to like really make sure the game even came out in the first place.
0: That's so interesting. I mean, it is, it is sort of in its, in its sense, like a mixture between art and, um, and like, and form, like, like, uh, not form art and craft where like the actual craft and the actual artistry of it are really hard to pick out. And I think that's something with like the older games too, where like, in something, in something contemporary, you can always kind of pick out where the artistry comes in and where the craft comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's there is sort of a harder and faster distinction there most times, but you're right with something like Earthbound. You know, what is what's the art? What's the aesthetic, and what's the the technical in that particular moment and that rock candy glitch and those like little things that are going on with the WADA programming.
1: Right. Yeah. No, it's, it kind of all comes together. You know, it's very much a
0: non-traditional game. This was
1: certainly an unorthodox way of programming. I don't know all of the nuts and bolts of it, but like he was, it's because of him that this game even came out in the first place. Yeah. No, it's like the music, the music's also great. It's just like the backgrounds are, are trippy. It's just, it really all comes together. I don't know, it's, certainly it's, like, Itoi's vision, but, like, I think it's, like, a bunch of different visions. It's, like, his, it's Iwata's, it's Lindblom's translation, it's, like, and the uh, Mr. Saturn font when they talk. It's, like, I think it's based off of uh, Iwa, or Itoi's daughter. It, there's oh. just so much, there's just, like, so much lore. There's so much, it's, just, it's so deep like it like it doesn't real i think there's like a there's a book of uh, like legends of translation that was like over 200 pages it's kind of like has all these little quirks in it but yeah it really it, it, it's really astounding and like now because like it was actually released by nintendo like officially like five years ago and like the reason there was like all sorts of speculation as to why nintendo didn't release earthbound like the big one was like there was like copyright issues with some of the music but it was just as simple as the fact that nintendo of japan had no idea there was like any sort of fan base for this game that bombed yeah. in north america but like and so and when it when it was officially released for the first time the, the virtual console for wii u like it was a bestseller at one point like at one point it was the second the highest selling game on the virtual console, and it was behind, like, Donkey Kong, which was being sold for 10 cents on NES. But, and, like, <laughs> even then, it had, like, a moment where it was, like, above that. It, so, even then, like, it, it outsold a game that was being sold for, like, a dollar or 10 cents or something ridiculously cheap. And, like, it, it's been, uh, you can play it on, uh, 3DS virtual console. It's on the um, it's on the North American and European SNES Classic, but tellingly not on the Super Famicom uh, Classic. It's kind oh, of, interesting. Yeah, no, it's kind of like I f- can't help but feel a little like, how do you like that now? Like you got all these re-releases of earthbed in the past, but like now we get now now you get to feel feel what it's like to be out in the dark and not have it. <laughs>
0: Well, David, this has been really great. I, I feel like we've come to the, some sort of uh, deeper understanding of Earthbound that I, I, I did not totally expect us to get to. But yeah. This is really, this is elucidating. Yeah,
1: it's, it's been like, what, like almost 25 years of me playing it, so it's kind of like giving me a lot of weird, it's, it's all given me all sorts of views and reading all of this, uh, all the side stories about it, really, it's really like 20 plus years in the making.
0: Yeah. Huh well uh anything that you feel we didn't say or that you want to add no
1: i i think i'm about out uh, for now right.
0: you know well, where should people find you i know we can't find you on twitter i now, mean but my, where we my, find my you?
1: account at the, the beer nerd is still up but why would you want to i don't tweet from there i mean i have a i have a sports podcast called sports is suffering which i did have trevor on I'm planning on recording an episode tomorrow with a friend of mine it's very irregular but like it basically depends on whether I can wrangle in a guest to talk about things. And like, it's also, it's very, it's whether, whereas this was very, you know, insightful and like, it had a lot of curiosity. It's more of like a cynical, uh, I wouldn't say it's, I think negativity is a part of it, but it's like, I try and talk about things in a humorous way, but like, yeah, so it's called Sports of Suffering. Go and check it out. And also, like the good podcast. Yeah, no, and the low, and the uh, text, the font that I use for the um, to put in the Sports of Suffering on the on the uh, podcast uh, image it was actually uh, some of the te- font from Off. So wow. tying it tying go. it I mean, all back in together. So go ahead and give that a listen. And like, I don't know, that's it, basically all you can re- just listen to my podcast. It's about all you can um it's about all you can find from me maybe like people make memes of me. still to this day i'm not exactly yeah sure. no look, it's very weird Google, but Google you know the beard nerd hand yeah no it, yeah the, the the famous hand it's kind of i don't completely understand it but you know it, people have fun and people they're not doing it to mock me it's like just a fun no, it's, it's just a fun thing it's like very distinct it's very much it's very much laughing with you and exactly not at you. yeah no it's mm-hmm. kind of like yeah no i I like it but like it's uh, but you know or you can just find those memes and if you don't want to listen to me just rant about sports or if you're not even a sports fan so people and yeah no really that's about it i mean i have a facebook but it's kind i kind of like don't reveal too much of myself on there (laughs) yeah aside
0: from your hatred of the patriots In public, in in public, in public, yeah. Well, thank you, David. You're welcome back anytime. This is great. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Definitely.